Yeah. the intro? I can never tell when we're live, but here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Who thought the county could be cool? Here we go. Join Andrew Wolf and Brad Salmeida. Our mission make accounting fun. Follow us as we chat with amazing guests every Friday. Are you ready? Woohoo! 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 Not much enthusiasm there, but I'm more enthusiastic than I sound, man. You need a few more of those coffee beans. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's Friday night. We're back uh, with another amazing guest. Uh, this week we've got uh, Obed Maurice, who is a partner at Avail CPA, um, and, but also really well known as the founder of Quick Advisors. Uh, how you doing, Obed? Things are good. Things are good. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Alberta Zone, I, I might add. Um, Obed's from Lethbridge, which is a couple hours south of where I live, and uh, it's a cool, cool little town. Yeah, I decided to see, check us see. in for. I decided to check us into Lethbridge when we went live today. Uh, so we're doing the podcast live from Lethbridge. Friday. And it's Friday night. Woo! <laughs> so uh, when Brad was down to visit us in Lethbridge, it was, uh, we didn't see the, the prettiest side of the town. Yeah, we, you know, <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going to bring that up already, but just, just what Obed's talking about is Lethbridge is a, City, what's the population of Lethbridge right it's Like a hundred thousand or something. Yeah, so small city. It's one of our larger cities in Alberta, but you know, it's it's got everything. It's a it's a decent city. It's got a it's called Lethbridge. It's got a big bridge there too. It's <laughs> like this big train bridge. You weren't you weren't in the bridge, were you? It doesn't sound. Like. <laughs> no, it, it's a really cool place, and and you you guys have an office in a nice seems like a nice part of town. Oh, yeah. um, I, everything about Lethbridge has, has a decent vibe. And then, you know, I get there and, and the first thing Obed tells me about is that Lethbridge is now a safe injection location yeah. that junkies from all over Western Canada are converging on Lethbridge so they can go shoot up yeah. heroin yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So he says, oh, it's a real problem around here. And I'm like, I don't see any problems, but okay. I kind of took your word for it. Then we came back from lunch. And you remember that guy dancing around the parking lot? <laughs> Dude, I was so he, he was like taking off his clothes and he was completely unconscious. Yeah. Wait, I haven't standing. been to Lethbridge. <laughs> oh, it wasn't me. His name was Andrew. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was the most bizarre out of character sort of thing I'd ever seen. And yet you had mentioned that it's a real problem. And then we were out, we went out to your, that co-working space yeah. that, that, that you're at. I remember coming back and there are all these protests yeah. and people were protesting the fact there's junkies everywhere that look more like zombies. And it was, it was bizarre. So, so how are things there now? That was like just a year <laughs> ago. Things, it's no, still things a, have settled down. You know, we were, we were really excited to host you. I mean, you know, help out some of our team oh, members and the whole the whole cloud accounting scene. It was awesome, right? So we're really excited. Had a good day. Yeah. Rode the Vespa down. Did some uh, spoke to the local uh, chapter of the of the CPB, which yeah. was really cool. I was invited down for that, but I hung out with you and and your crew at Avail. Had a nice lunch, and mm -hmm. and you took me out to you know see the tax side. Um, yeah. You showed me a Bitcoin mining. Secan, that was pretty funky. That's right. It's a good day. It's a good day. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Those guys have probably made a lot of money since that. Andrew, they literally have a sea container full of servers. Yeah, I can imagine. With with all these massive cooling units all over the place, the thing sounds like a. It makes noise. Yeah, I'd love to hear from the the Bitcoin people, but I hear like. At this point with Bitcoin, because it gets harder and harder to mine, right? It's actually almost more expensive for the electricity than what you generate out of the out, out of the Bitcoin, unless you're like super efficient. So those days of like you and I using our our machine, a regular CPU to mine Bitcoin, I think those days are unfortunately over from what I understand about Bitcoin. But uh, those people who figured it out and figured it out early, I think they, they've, they've made bank. Or I guess maybe one of the keys is you just go and you you uh, rent an apartment where where utilities are included, right? <laughs> you know, I was like, what the fuck? I don't think regular electricity can handle these sorts of 
<laughs> that sort of processing anymore. I heard the other day that economies that have heavily subsidized power are the ones where a lot of it's being done. So there's a lot of third world generation, I guess, China, there's a lot of it there, mm -hmm. but they're saying places in the far North Scandinavia are, are perfect places for this sort of thing, because you can get these massive server farms, not worry about the cooling side of it as much. Oh, right. Yeah. They're putting, we've heard about that for years. Um, before AWS, you know, Intuit had their own server farm. A lot of these big software companies go out and buy their own boxes and have, you know, mm -hmm. acres and acres of them. Well, you keep hearing about now they're heading off to the to the north, like Finland and Norway and Sweden, and they have these massive server farms. So apparently, there's a lot of generation being done in those areas. Yeah, who'd have thunk, right? What's it like um, being a technology leader in a town of a hundred thousand dollars? Town of a hundred thousand, hundred thousand people. You guys have a good tech scene there, don't you? Like that little, yeah. that little center we went in. I was impressed with what you showed me. No, we do. Like it's kind of a hidden secret. Like when we first started, it was like totally crazy to even like cloud accounting was like like you would get laughed out of accounting firms like you're fucking crazy man for you know so now it's not safe it's not secure what yeah. do you do? <laughs> put your numbers in there i'll get hacked clients and clients will never like it you know like all of these things like there's no way we can monetize this you know so i mean obviously we can laugh about those days now but i mean there's still like but even in our local community i still have like a pretty good like but I guess reputation for being kind of tech savvy or like tech aware and, and that kind of thing, which still surprises me because there's people like way smarter than me out in the world doing kind of accounting and accounting technology. But in our little corner of the world, I think that uh, we've been fortunate to have a couple little startups, you know, do pretty good size exits and we're getting some traction, but I'd always like to see it more. You know, I think that, uh, the more we invest in that, the more opportunities and stuff. So I'm always pushing the pace and I will say I'm, I'm definitely an outlier and I, I don't mind though. Like I'm happy to, I really believe in it and uh, I don't mind playing that role for sure. It must be fun, right? It's, you know, when great opportunity to be at that forefront and be able to go down to California and go out to, you know, the big conferences and bring that back to your community, right? Yeah, that's a great point, Andrew. It's like, we can go to like anywhere in the world. I can hook up with you guys. I can jump into like a community and think people don't realize that. Like they think I'm some harebrained kind of radical. And like, I'm just hooking up with my buddies online, sharing ideas. It's not like, you know, that whole idea of like the future is, is already here. It's just not evenly distributed. Mm -hmm. I feel like in our communities and in these conversations, we can kind of, you know, overcome that a little bit and like you can bring it to these little corners of the world where maybe there's not people that are like actively engaged the way we like we would be at this mm -hmm. point. where there's knowledge poverty right yeah yeah that's great a great term you know yeah I mean, that is like, a great term i wish i'd coined it, it wasn't me <laughs> who'd you steal it from i've never heard that before uh, i can't remember but it's 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 something that i can't remember exactly who i got it from but it, it is this concept that um, well, we live in a world where literally anyone can take a Harvard education online for free right now. There still is very much knowledge poverty, not because it's not available, but be, because a lot of times people aren't aware or don't know how to access it. And of course, in the third world, it is because they actually can't access it without having the resources like the internet and, you know, uh, reliable technology. Um, but it's it's an interesting time that we live in because there's so many opportunities available to to everyone but a lot of people like you said uh, obed a lot of people just don't don't realize what's out there don't know how to find these little communities um, and get connected because they all these like little like we the cloud accounting community is still a small subset of the entire accounting and finance world. It, it took a five-year fast forward with COVID for sure. Yeah. Um, but if you think about like our little group of 3,000, 5,000 accountants that go down to, to, to San Jose, that's still a, a subset of the entire accounting and finance world. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, people don't know how to necessarily connect 
or find these communities. Um, and then when they stumble upon them, their mind is often shattered. Like, you know, I I remember when I stumbled across the community, it was an even smaller community back then. Yeah. But, you know, it was it was mind blowing and amazing to find other people who who like you think in along the same way as I do. They love technology. They love finance. You know, this stuff excites them. Whereas, you know, for a lot of us, you know, we go talk to our wives, we go talk to our children. This isn't terribly exciting stuff to them. They just pay as lip service and they're respectful, but you're right. I mean, people's eyes glaze over. But I tell you, that's the secret sauce. When you can get excited about it, yeah. that's when you bring in clients to buy in. When they totally. see your passion for it and you can convey the value proposition because there really is a massive value proposition to the cloud. We already know that, oh. but the problem is too many people don't dig into that enough kind of pray, not pray. That sounds terrible, but play on the emotions of it, right? Really figuring out what it is, why they hate their accounting systems or, you know, what it, how it's holding them back. And then if you, explain that you know it's just an ecosystem and you can build things onto it and customize it you know and andrew has done amazing things with the crm you know yeah. we can use zapier and bring things in when you can start to tailor things so instead of just relying on the debits and credits which i hear a lot of people do you know they just oh i do the bookkeeping or i do this you got to look beyond that it's the ecosystem you're bringing to your client and the passion and changing the way they they do things and it's all tied. What's the common denominator is the accounting system sits in the middle of all that. Oh yeah. And that's where I find I have the most enjoyment is, is conveying that. And that's where you find clients going, I want a piece of that. Yeah. What, what I also love about the, the accounting world is that there's so many different parts of it that you can be passionate about, right? Like yeah. it can be from any side of the thing, like, we see all these people niching in and just getting passionate about specific area. Like, I mean, I, wrong with that. I mean, you guys have a, a sort of a, a really specific area that you guys have pinpointed in there. What, what drove that? Like, was it passion around trying to help your clients, you know, uh, manage their opportunities better? What was, what was the driver behind uh, click advisors? And maybe for those who don't know, you can tell us a little bit about what it is. I think oh, it's a yeah. very cool tool. I'll yeah, it is. I, I took one look at it and that was what, two years ago. So I can imagine what it's, what it's oh, like yeah. now. No, so, it's, yeah. getting, it's getting better all the time. And I mean, it's, it's, it's like an advisory, like a planning tool that helps, uh, really helps clients like, you know, honestly get their financial shit together a little bit. You know, we, uh, we, uh, like the, I guess like the why or like the purpose of it was like, I'd spent a lot of my time um, like doing cloud accounting, helping people like automate their systems. And just, I still saw like they're missing a ton of stuff with uh, things like personal finance and corporate finance and like risk. Like these are like, like pretty basic things from like a kind of a CFO or like controllers perspective. Like, why aren't we doing this stuff? And like, now that I have all the data, it's even like more obvious to me um, how many gaps we're missing. So what I initially started to do is like the kind of like the classic Ron Baker, you know, three tiered pitch of like, hey, let's do like fractional CFO. And what I found was like everyone bought it and they bought it for like five times like the, the fees they were paying to their previous uh, accountant. So that was kind of like the impetus was like, clearly there's a gap in the market here where people like are just totally starved for like, even like half decent advice, something like just a quick KPI tracking once a month or a quick conversation on personal finance. So I just wanted to do more of that really. And thought like, how, what else can we do to like keep people doing like doing things well or managing their finance as well. And that's kind of what led to click is that, hey, we need more, I guess, like organization and like visibility around like all the financial stuff that we have to do. And so that's what led to it. And, you know, we've got like, it's going good. You know, we've done like a ton of business internally with it. We got about eight or nine, like good sized CPA firms using it now. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
So it's like getting like legit, right? Where like you can like you can go and close down a big engagement with uh, like, hey, here's the plan. You know, multi-entity type plan. We've got personal. We've got like. Well, it's very holistic, isn't it? Because it's you know everyone can do the traditional accounting stuff, and you guys are now able to go that one step further because you get to know them on a personal basis. Now, one thing I noticed about it is is your user interface just blew me away because what a lot of people don't realize is the first thing I saw when I logged in was this big kind of a um, dashboard and it listed all your QuickBooks online clients and it yep. it tied right into the fin in into the, the tools and it gave you a lot of information on that client that was complementary to what you already had in QuickBooks. Yep. So that's what I loved about it is when you when you were demoing it was just how intuitive it was and how easy it is to go into a client file and not only see where the, where we are on the engagement and all these things like that, but then you've got these other tie-ins with these other areas that are non-accounting, non-tax related. Yeah. That financial side, it was it was pretty cool because it really is a portal into, and I could see how you could bolt on other things, partner cool. with yeah. other, you know, service providers and things like that. And it, it's cool. I mean, yeah. anyone out there listening that has that passion especially around helping your client further than just doing the financials, have yeah. a look at that tool. I put a link in the, in the comments. It's definitely worth having a look at. And I'm sure Obed will, if you say, Hey man, just, I, I heard you on FNL. I'm sure you'll get the, the personalized treatment. Oh yeah. Just no, say you saw Obed on, uh, on <laughs> FNL. Cause it's cool. You got to get a demo. That's yeah. all I'm going to. No, we're getting better. I mean, That's I don't cool. have the same, you know, like I'm just a guy who wrote a grant application to like, you know, do a couple just of things saying, hey, like, you know, who we compete against are like, you know, huge companies doing like $20 million rounds. They've got teams of people and, and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, for where we're at with what we have, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm happy. Our clients are happy. I, like, I know we can get better and stuff, but I think the most important thing for me is like, it's those missed opportunities. Like that's really why I love cloud accounting and why I like the planning side of things is because, you know, people, we've got all this great data. We've got a data advantage. I think accountants are super smart and stuff. And I want to, you know, leverage some of those data advantages and opportunities. I hate seeing the other guy monetize that stuff that, you know, we probably could have been doing or should have been doing and just didn't do it. Um, I think that's a gap I want to clean up, like at least in our practice and ideally in the profession is that I think there's a lot more we can be doing. And uh, the tech has really given us that opportunity that we didn't have before. So I don't know if you're talking about purpose and kind of why that's kind of, that's where I'm at. I just think there's a ton of smart people out there that can, can be doing a whole lot more. I think it's so interesting, like, cause you see this, um, fair bit in the app world. I mean, probably the most, um, you know, um, well-known story of practice ignition, a CPA who, who took something that he was doing for himself and was like, this is a great opportunity. Let, let's share it with the rest of the world, which it sounds like is, is ultimately where Click Advisors came from. So how, how deep did you get into the, the tech side of this? Were you writing code? Did you bring on a developer? Like, what was your first step when you're like, okay, I want to take what I'm doing here and I want to, I want to wrap this in tech and I want to make it, I want to optimize it for myself. And I want to make it a product for other accountants. Yeah. Did you bring in a developer? Did you start coding yourself? What was your first step? No. So I got, I got match made with a developer by, uh, it was the National Research Council and it was an ex-Intuit developer actually from Mountain View who kind of landed in my hometown. Uh, his parents are here. They're kind of aging. And so they said, Hey, this guy likes cloud accounting. That guy is a like a 20-year guy into it. Like you guys should work to you. So that's kind that's of what right. led to it. Oh. Isn't that unbelievable? He's from the Mountain View side of the Intuit world. He ends up in Lethbridge. I know. So nice. like, I mean, I honestly had like a spreadsheet as a good accountant. I'm like, okay, I got a spreadsheet with all the tabs. This is kind of how it should work. And then right. you know, you obviously jumped in there. He's like, yeah. Okay, here's how we're going to do it you know let's, 
let's start creating an MVP. You know, it's pretty crappy. The first year was like a total piece of junk. I think we rewrote it like twice. Um, yeah, because it, it's really hard. To, like I've been through the development cycle and what you have in your mind, yeah. going through the process of actually putting down what's in your mind on paper, you don't realize all the little things that are just like you just assume they realize yeah. that that the a developer doesn't know unless you put it like you got to put everything down you got to go through all these use cases you got to think there's scenarios you haven't thought of right yeah. and then you you do all that and then you test it and the code doesn't work right? it's, grueling. it's grueling work but i think andrew you get it it's like every detail like the font colors and where do the buttons go and you know what happens when a user does this and then things like you said happen that we totally didn't even predict like why does yeah. someone log in and think they could change their email address by doing this or whatever and just things break and but you know what like it has challenged me in ways that have been fantastic as far as like designing a product commercializing a product like i had to learn how to sell to accountants i had to learn how to like pitch you know, is pitching to an accountant is a lot different than pitching to an entrepreneur and the use. And selling to accountants is hard. We're cheap fuckers. We really are. Yes. <laughs> it's that they just have a different mindset than other industries I'd normally do business development with, right? But that's okay. I mean, I think it's an industry that I'm pretty passionate about. I'm I'm here for the long haul. So there's just things that like, look, dude, you got to figure it out. Like if you're going to do this, you got to roll up your sleeves and figure it out. So just challenging you in ways that uh, I think are like really good, but I totally did not expect how much work it was going to be. That's for sure. That's for sure. Oh, it's it's tough some days, but I like it. I like moving the needle for the industry. You know, pushing the pace and finding new ways to do stuff. That doesn't always mean like inventing new technology. I mean, there's lots of cool tech out there that you can adopt and apply in new ways. So. Um, I just think it's it's a really interesting opportunity to have as a professional accountant, and I wanted to see that through. And who knows where it'll go? But I'm gonna I'm gonna keep working hard until we burn through our grant money, and you know I'm gonna give it a good honest go for sure. How much did you get as a, the grant money? Uh, we raised about I think it's five hundred and some grand, and then we've got like a matching five hundred grand from uh, our partners. So we've got like basically like a million bucks. Wow. And, and build something Impressive. That, that doesn't go very far <laughs> no, oh, i you know, know but that's that's a million more than a lot of a lot of uh, people get their hands on yeah that's know? true it, it's yeah. hard to get funding i i know the local um startup community here and andrew we've heard this before and i'm sure you've heard this uh, too um obed this whole concept of fall in love with the the, the problem not the solution totally. um you go to these startup events and they come out and they tell you about this really cool thing they're working on they're all excited about it and it's like i don't see a problem that you're solving you're kind of created a solution for a problem that hasn't been identified yeah. and and that's what the common thread i find with a lot of people it's really hard you, you mentioned that earlier obed you know the minimum viable product originally you know you think it's okay and then you realize it's shit right and you gotta sort of start again oh no your minimum viable product is always shit and you know it's shit because you know you have this vision of what it's, you want to get to minimum right it's minimum it's barely working i mean oh, it's man. we've we've all heard the stories about how qbo was so bad that the sales reps would go out to the firms and rather than putting a live demo of qbo they would put a I, powerpoint I together saying Here's how it's supposed to work. They I remember you Carbon's minimum viable product, and it was awful. It's turned into an amazing product. Yeah. I, I used Receipt Bank originally before it had um, all the automations on it and oh. that the the, um, the OCR and, and all that, and I loved it. You know, it was funny because I was using it going, "Hey, this thing's cool because it, at least I can code it right from here." and push it through to the system. And I thought that was great. And that they, they actually gave me that product. But then when they tried to get me into the commercial product, I finally said, okay, let's do this. And and Damien Greathead looks at, at my account and goes, what the hell have you been using? What What is that? I said, oh, you guys gave this to me 
like two years ago. And he goes, we, we shuttered that. How do you even have access to that? It was hilarious. And I said, but I like it. He goes, Brad, Brad, Brad. He said, seriously, let me put you, just, I'll get back to you in 10 minutes. He put me on the proper platform and I was like, holy crap, look at all this stuff. You know, it was funny because, you know, the, the solution was basic. It didn't have all the bells and whistles I've learned to like, but it solved a problem, right? I, I was literally time. five months behind on my own books and yeah. it took a primitive version of receipt bank to get me to realize, Holy crap. And, you know, just getting there is half the battle. I oh. would think. No, it totally is like defining your problem and just being so clear on it is like, just it, an absolute fundamental. And I think that's, you know, Andrew was asking earlier how, how it went and probably burned through the first year, just not having that, like, absolutely crisp in your mind of like what problem are you solving you've got this idea we're kind of moving in this direction and it just gets clearer for me every day and i think nice. you can see it in our product you can see it in the quality you can see it in our sales and like your user adoption but it takes time to get there and i think whether it's your life or your business or in our case a product like you got to know it and you got to own it right and i think like for me i kind of solving two things like one is like consumers like end users are like terribly disorganized with all the financial <laughs> life like they just they're like i i didn't think to uh shop my debt once a year i just let it auto renew or i don't, I don't really think to you know pay my gst installments i just sometimes i forget it's just stuff like crazy stuff like that it's it's and, little things that the things and i think often as accountants what happens is we just assume our clients know this stuff so we don't take the opportunity to tell them like I was on a call with a client this afternoon and I'm like, okay, yeah, here's our client checklist. And don't forget to set it up as recurring payments in your, um, in your bank account so that they, you know, you can set it and you're done for the year. Like you just go take our checklist and you go set payments for the rest of the year. And you don't even have to think about it until you come see me next year. Pre like, payments. That's so smart. I'm like, shit, I got to make sure I put this in our checklist. You can do prepayments, right? Like, schedule your tax payments like there's thousands of them like just you know even like a half an hour like uh management or shareholder compensation session like before year end like let's figure out what we should pay you so you can like borrow appropriately and you know operate effectively and yeah what's your rsp contribution going to be do, are you setting aside money for your tfsa what how much equity do you have in your home are you under leveraged over leveraged right like these types of conversations oh. help our clients get the most out of money are often overlooked and those things when you sit down with your clients those are the things that they walk away with going yeah. that was valuable like i i, I had the, a similar conversation yeah, with a with a brand new client, this one was so fortunate. I literally found her in my spam folder and I was just about to delete. It. I thought, wait a minute, this looks legit. Reached out to her. Long story short is a classic case. She, she has a year end accountant that did yeah. some bookkeeping. Um, once a year, they get the tax return, et cetera, et cetera. But she was afraid that her books weren't being done properly. She said, I don't know if I have faith in the numbers. I don't really trust my accountant, et cetera, et cetera. The books are a disaster, like absolute disaster. Someone was um, booking off of the bank feeds and just taking all the default transactions that QuickBooks oh. recommends. So that there was a half a million dollars in the suspense account, which is a P&L item. So they yeah. would just somehow along the way they did one transaction to suspense and they decided to put everything there mastercard payments um payrolls transactions you name it it would leave the bank and go to suspense and i was just like oh my god no opening balances no, no opening trial balance they'd been running this way for two years and the and she just suspected that she wasn't being treated well that's an ex this is an extreme case but it's a common thread I hear all the time. Oh. And we hear it. My accountant doesn't care about me. They Shoot. care about me once a year when it's time to do a little bit of work and send out a bill. Yeah, no, it's true. And like, I actually think accountants do care. It's just mm -hmm. we're, we, we've maxed out our compute power. Like yeah. when you think about 
like we literally just don't have the cognitive ability to like remember what everyone's supposed to be doing and prioritizing. Again, that's, why <laughs> that's a great way to put it. It's like, look, man, I can't remember everyone's personal financial situation and who's done what and when they should be doing it. Like, honestly, that's why Click came about was like, there's just no way that we can manage all of these kind of financial activities for people that are not like, they're not like tasks that you put in like a task manager. They're things that are like client facing. Yeah. And, and I think that, I think that accountants totally do care, but that's where it's like, we need to build machines or things that help us like overcome those limitations because like we do care and we're definitely smart enough to give the advice. It's just, we forget. It's also bandwidth. We do. I, I manage each of my account managers manages oh. over 200 clients. I cannot remember their situation. Like Ooh. if we, if we don't have not, not only like, um, documentation on their individual situation which can be done in crms or what have you but you also need like a process to remember don't forget to remind them about this right like you need your checklist to go through like there's a you know kelly taught me this there's a reason that pilots have a checklist that they have to go through because you cannot afford to forget something when you're a pilot uh, and if you don't have a checklist there is a possibility that you might forget it and i think that the key really is to to make sure that we remember yeah. all the things that we know. We already know these things. Like to us, they're, they're, they're obvious, but we might forget to tell them. We might forget what their individual situation is because you your mind has only so much capacity, right? Like when, you, when it gets to the full, when it gets full, it just starts pouring out the top and whoever's at the bottom gets forgotten, right? No, it's like a simple example, like a, CRA installment or like a R RSP deadline or you know uh, a uh, net worth calculation or whatever like this they're so simple like it's like not even a hard recommendation to give someone it's just like the when and the and the context and stuff right is yeah. that that's the stuff that I found was like the advice I was giving people that I was you know charging such high amounts for like it wasn't even hard stuff. It was just that no one had done it before. Mm -hmm. like, no one's actually done like a budget to actual with you before. And like, you're willing to pay a thousand dollars a month for that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, let's just do that. And, yeah. Cause that's real easy. <laughs> totally. So I think like accountants should give themselves, or I hope they give themselves some credit in that the, the financial literacy we have is just, it's like about like scaling, commercializing, productizing that piece that, is just like I just think it's in such high demand, and the matter of like how do we get it in people's minds and hands, and uh, something I think we gotta continue to work on in the profession. But people benefit from that simple stuff. To, to us, it's simple. Well, and and it's it's a necessity now. Yes. Um, one once upon a time, it it was not a necessity for an accountant to have this in their quiver, so right. to speak. Yeah. But now with the, the world we're living in now with QuickBooks Live and Bench and, and all these low-cost outsourcing solutions, um, the, you have to be delivering value. You have to, have to, have to. You, you, otherwise, you're in a race to the bottom. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and so if you're not on board with this, your days are numbered until you become a QuickBooks Live Uber driver for accountants, which is what QuickBooks Live is, will become, right? Like, and and they, if you're you're happy doing that, and, you know, you just want to, you know, work a couple of hours for 10, 20 bucks an hour, all the power to you. But if you want to be making 300, 400 bucks an hour, yeah. you need to be delivering value. Okay. Um, and, and it's easy to do, um, but it's also easy to do it badly, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, and I think it's- it's, it's not that we don't like, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. We all want to do a good job, yeah. um, but it gets really easy to get in the weeds, you know, to be worried about managing your business, to be worried about now I'm working, you know, now you got to worry about sales. You got to worry about HR, like as a business owner, you've got your clients and then you've got your business, like, and, and then not to mention everything outside, right. It's supposed to be a three-legged bull, three-legged stool, as my dad says, which is, you know, business, family, and friends. 
Um, and if, if business is only supposed to be a third of your, your mind, mm-hmm. and then you've got 200 clients occupying a third of your, of your mind, yeah. you know, how do you manage it? And, and you need technology, yeah. right? And Yeah, you totally know. I, I love where your head's at is like, I think that like, there's a lot of fantastic productivity tools out there. Like, yeah, we can get debits and credits in there faster, but like, how do we get advice and advisory and good like business like uh insights delivered to people's you know like to their smartphones or to their inbox or or whatever that's a problem that really important to me and i think you hit the nail on the head andrew that like so we're the smart group like bookkeepers and accountants like, like they know their stuff for sure it's just that limitation of like i can't do it all man like i i can't i can't remember everything, do great sales. You got to have a process to, to bring that to the market and to bring it to people. And my fear is that we get so wrapped up in the productivity gains that we lose sight of the value we actually bring to clients. So I want to find that balance between, yeah, we got to do business automation. That is a no brainer. There's tons of great tools, but to what end, I guess, is my question as a CPA. And for me, it's, you know, to give that value, right. It's to, use that as a jumping off point. Don't use that uh, uh, as an ends in and of itself. And that's something that I, I, you know, I'm pretty passionate about. I don't want to see us get watered down as Mm -hmm. like productivity kind of gurus. I think it's an awesome tool to have in the toolbox, but we got to continue moving up that value chain, right? And because I don't think that that can be automated to the same level like that personalization, that kind of empathizing. And- no, but it, it can be automated to jog your memory, right? right. Like, yeah. like exactly what you're doing. You can't automate that, but what you can do is you can bring it up to your or your account manager's mindsets. Because also like once you start to grow to the size I am where you have multiple account managers, yeah. even if I'm great, are my, are my account managers great? I need to give them a process to walk through so that they're they're going like look these are the these are the five or three or seven or or key topics I want you to remember to go through with each client, sure. and if I don't give them effectively a script yeah. and the tools to jog their memory, how do I know that it's going to get done? And also, how do I how do I measure that? Like, how do I know that they told them that? Like, how do I know like if I've got three staff members who are managing clients, how do I know? That my staff member went through and did a benchmarking analysis that did, you know, a, a comparison uh, of, um, you know, projections versus actuals, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and what I think is really interesting is the way that you're talking about how do we communicate this? Yeah. Um, and when it comes to tech startups, I think oftentimes because like the whole, we talked about the minimum viable product, you really are investing when you, when you jump on early with a company, you're investing in like effectively the founder's vision yeah. uh, and i think that you've you've got a really good vision and and i think that you have you talked to chris from lisio at all no you should that because would be a great tie in and i think never i think of that before. i think the two of you working together could really come up with some interesting synergy oh, yeah. because chris is a smart guy Where where's he based again are they in boston or something like that i, I don't remember but his whole thing is about communication right it's about it's about how do we how do we communicate better with our clients and you're you're like a key component of what you're doing is is uh the value but how does that then get communicated back to the client and one of the most important things and and i can tell you from where we've gone wrong is you can take that value and if you over robotize it or over automate it yeah and it loses its value because people don't realize that it's been personalized they just think it's automated and so because it's automated it can't have value yeah. or as much value as personal interaction uh, maybe not it can't have value it doesn't seem to have as they don't value the robot the way they value the person right yeah, and, and lisio is a way of it's a new way of thinking about communication with your clients um and i think that if you could marry those two so that you had oh, yeah these insights coming out in a new way of communicating, it could be powerful for both of you, right? You're adding value to them. They're adding value to you. It's, and you're both, um, you're both thinking about uh, a component of 
the accounting and finance world in really creative and innovative ways. I think you got to do an intro, Andrew, because you've been work. You've been pretty close to Chris lately, right? The founder. A little bit. I, I've I've gotten to know him, and and um, I wish I was further along my journey with Lysio. Uh, it's just tax season, um, but um, I just love do the intro, man. There'd be a great yeah. synergy there. At least have I, a I conversation because. Just... You might find some tie-ins there, oh, but it's and, um, Lysio's like a Andrew describe it. It's kind of like a, it's a communications platform for accounting firms, isn't it? But it's secure. It's more. It's better than using email and the, the way I describe Slack it is, and the, the big thing is, is to me, and the, the reason that I bought into this concept is that right now, email, which is the primary form of communication. Yeah. is full of so much fucking noise so oh, much fucking noise i've got two to three hundred yeah, who, who has day. time to read their emails right and it's painful it's a pain point to me because i fuck it up i fuck it up and i stuff goes to my junk and i don't open it uh, i just told you about a client that i just found in my spam folder yeah. it was totally legit it, i could have lost the deal and I, I have had multiple situations where I've had to take a file and rush it because the client had actually sent me his information a month ago. Yeah. But it was either in my junk folder or it maybe it even made it through my junk folder. And worse yet, I accidentally marked it as red, which it yeah. just takes it out of my queue. And so I, I, I marked it as red, but wasn't, hadn't actually actioned it and dealt with it. Um, and so it's just a, a way of separating out your client communication from the noise for you and also for your clients. So they're, they know that when they're in this platform, they're only getting messages in this platform from their accountant, yeah. right? So they can go, they, this is their central source of truth when it comes to the finances for their business. It. So it's not in with all the other shit, which means that they're going to react and respond to you in a more timely fashion because it's not lost in the noise. And, and to me, that is a really revolutionary way of thinking of, uh, about communication is how do we separate out the content that our clients, they want to hear from us. They don't want a reminders going into their junk folder. Yeah. But if we're using a CRM, there's a higher probability that it is quite frankly, right? Um, or even if we, we are sending it like a regular mail, a regular email, if that person is getting 300 emails a day, like me, and they accidentally mm-hmm. click on it and mark it as red, you know, yep. they, it could get lost. And and with a small business owner, that could result in penalties, right? I've, missed, I've now missed a deadline. Mm-hmm. Or in your situation, I've missed out on an opportunity to take advantage of maybe maximizing an RSP contribution um, or, or something along those lines. And, and I think the reason I think that the synergy is potentially powerful is you guys are still both pretty early phases of your technology. Um, and even if you don't end up with some sort of, you know, um, project where you work together and the, the products end up tying together in some way, shape or form. What I do know is that when you put two app partners together that are both passionate, optimistic, yeah. love technology, love the field, you're going to learn from each other in some way, shape, or form. You guys are going through the same struggles on a different path, but you're going through the exact same struggles. And so learning from each other, what's worked, what hasn't worked, you know, where to go, like, you know, Hey, how did you approach generating money? How did you approach, you know, get selling to the accounting market? Who's, you know, completely different from the small business market, you know, there's there, there's value in app partners being connected to each other, just like there's value in accountants being connected together, just like there's value in small business owners being connected together. Yeah, no, it's a great a great suggestion. I love lots of what you said in there for sure. But uh, so Lysio is based in Silicon Valley. I've been I've been corrected out there, oh, um, San Francisco, right. and they've got a presence in in Portland as well, Portland, nice. Oregon. We, so, we did. We do. I mean, I I know I've kind of. I've seen this EO before. It's been a while though, for sure. And uh yeah, but yeah, like I'd love to love to connect with uh, have a chat. There might I'll, be I'll do my best there. to do an introduction. Um I, I, I can't make any promises. I have no, no idea what Chris's schedule is like, but I would suspect he might be interested in at least having a conversation. Um and you know, start with a coffee and see where it goes. Hopefully you hit it off, right? Yeah. Hey, oh, but do you know uh, Allison Ball, correct? 
vaguely. Like it's like I I know what she's with them now. She, oh, when she left okay. into it. That's that's where she goes. She works yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, so she must have, they must have done a bit of a raise and they got some capital to recruit some uh, some influencers in that. Yeah. So I, I have a question. How did you how did you um, how get raise your money? You did five hundred thousand in grant money and five hundred thousand from partners. I'd love to hear. You know, how did you know about the grant? How did you apply for the grant? How did you then? Yeah. Uh, convert that grant to hey, I got 500 here. Will you match that? <laughs> like, I love that, that was, story. Of, of... That was pretty much how it went. I mean, with the uh, like when like when I first got into cloud accounting, I wrote a grant application for just just the cloud accounting firm in Alberta, like a proper CPA compliant virtual firm. Through which grant? Which what what grant was this? I'm like I'm, I'm like I'm aware of lots of government subsidies, but I don't know this five hundred thousand dollars subsidy. Well, so it started like a, a entity called Alberta Innovate, so it's like a provincial simulator, uh, and then there's another group called the National Research Council as well that uh, also does funding for like startups and people trying to do things, um, do new things in the industry. So. Yeah, like I was at the incubator that Brad, like me and Brad. Do they take equity? Like I, I'm assuming no. the grant, there's no equity. No, it's just like, hey, I got an idea. Here's what I'm thinking, guys. I'm thinking that we need basically like an accountant, like recommender process that distributes recommendations to clients. So through like text message or push notifications, like I shared what I was trying to do. And uh, I got the attention of a couple of the funders who thought, yeah, you know, that's, that's a good idea. Like accounting does suck and I do need more financial advice. Like, how do we, how do like, I like that idea. What do you need? So I wrote a couple of grant applications with the help of like the funding representatives. So Alberta Innovates, the National Research Council, basically just coached me through the process. Like, here's how it works. Here's what you got to do. It took a long time because I had to do like prototypes and get some endorsements from some people. And I think my background helped a little bit having built one company already and then sold it. So brought all of that to the table. They kind of gave the thumbs up and said, yeah, like we love what you're doing. We want to support you. Here's kind of the rules. And then you know, we got that initial bit of seed money from those two government enterprises. And then my partner group said, that's awesome we will like match you on that. And, you know, with a combination of like shred and cash. How uh, did you find your partner group? Or, or this was literally your partner group? Oh, from Vail? My partner group, but like, that's amazing. Great job for like writing that grant application and getting that kind of stuff done. Um, we want to be supportive and, you know, be a part of this thing. And then like the shred program, like uh, Alberta. Did your partner group take equity? Yeah. Yeah, they took equity. Yeah, so we're 50-50 on the deal. I'm 50, they're the other. Mm -hmm. And uh, I get a bit of a playground at like a, like, you know, a good size firm. I think we've got like 150 people or something like that. And we've got a good network with RSM. And so I think it's a good opportunity to like test that out with a hundred and so some CPAs and get a bunch mm -hmm. of feedback and figure out like, let's do this together. Yeah. And I had never built anything before. So I'm like, I don't know, like, how do I start building it? Like, Google it, and like, yeah. you know, so off we went and, and here we are now. And then you land with this Intuit developer right in your lap, which must have been totally. a blessing. And I'll say like the coolest moment is like, I built some stuff and like seeing one of my own clients, like they didn't know that I built it. They're like, this is awesome. I'll, I'll, like, they're like, what's that on my plan? Like, what does that mean? Health spending account. I'm like, well, if you click this button, you'll get a little video and it'll explain it to you. If you want to, if you want to engage us to do that for you, you can click a, click a button that'll hire us to do it for you, or you can do it yourself. And here's instructions on how to do that. They're like, well, yeah, of course I want you to do it. Why wouldn't we do that? And then like that kept happening to me. So I wouldn't even tell people that I was the one that built it. I would just be like, Hey, here's a plan I put together for you. I think we got some weak, some holes on like your state plan and whatever. And so anyway. Here's the thing that's so brilliant about what you're doing too is like, I mean, this is stuff that obviously a lot of accountants doing is like these recommendations that clients love because they're great for them often generate additional revenue. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. almost all the time, right? Yeah. So I was doing some calcs 
and like we were in like increasing engagement size by like i'm not shitting you like two or three three hundred percent like you go from like a four thousand dollar kind of ntr t2 gst t1 type scenario maybe a bit of bookkeeping yeah and now you got corporate investments you got a pension plan you got a health spending account you got uh life insurance like yeah there's so many different things and they all basically result in more work in the file oh you need a holding company that's let me just double my fees right but it's you don't just do it because to double your fees you do it because it adds value which then turns around and happens to double your fees like it's the right thing so like i'll sit with the client and say like this is what i recommend for like all of your entities like yeah your personal your two companies your family trust, whatever here's everything let's go over it together do you agree disagree let's set some priorities mm-hmm. and then off we went and it, like i'm not shitting it was like shooting fish in the barrel where it's like well yeah like of course we want to do this where do we sign yeah. And then a hundred person firm, this is the exact issue that I'm having at my 20 person firm multiplied by five, right? How did like the partner might've been brilliant, but how does he know that all the other account managers or other partners are relaying that same messaging? And that's effectively what click advisors is enabling you to do. And that's like, honestly, like one of the things I love and I hate even just pushing the idea of click, but like, it's the visibility piece that like, Clients always forget how much cool shit we do for them. Yeah. So they'll be like, you know, what, what, my bill's five grand, what? And I'm like, well, okay, let's list out everything that we've done. And Did you do that like, with Click? Yeah. Do, you, do you say like, here's the list of all the things? See, yeah. that's actually something I don't do. Like lesson learned, Andrew. Hey, you're yeah. absolutely right. Like we should list through, these are all the things that we have recommended or yeah. uh, done for you this year. We don't, we don't do that. Quantify it, right? Really quantify it. Don't just rattle it off and say, hey, we save you this, we save you that. Oh, your your invoice, like I almost like literally on the invoice, tick, 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 tick. Like as opposed to like how many hours you spent or like how many, uh, like whatever your packaging is, which, you know, we all have these value added programs now that include this, that, and the other, right? Your bronze, silver, and your gold. Like, who gives a fuck about that? Like, start breaking down. Like, this, you know, hey, I introduce you an IPP. I, hey, I introduce you to a, the Smith maneuver. Hey, I introduce you to, you know, whatever it is that you're, you know, I help you. Smith maneuver? Just let me, what is that? Do you not know the Smith maneuver? You've never. Well, yeah, I've been out of public practice for a while. What is okay. it? The Smith maneuver is when, it, and this is sorry, people not in the states. I don't know if it's available in the states. It's, it's where you borrow equity um, from your house um, and you invest it, and then okay. the interest on the loan becomes deductible against the gains on the nice. investment. I've never heard it called that before, but I've been out of the tax game for so long. So, yeah. there you go. I've, I've only ever known it called as the Smith maneuver. Now, do you know what the ICE maneuver is? <laughs> Do I want to? I feel like this is going to be a practical field. Yeah, okay. We won't go into the ice maneuver. <laughs> we can do that in the after show, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the ice maneuver in the after show. Um, right, like, it's all about the visibility, man. I mean, that's what business is. And, like, the unfortunate thing for accounts is that we sell, like, intangibles, right? And that's kind of what I'm always harping on my, my team about is, like, no one cares if it's not visible. So like you have to get visible if you want people to to see that. appreciate you and know your value. Totally. So like you said, Andrew, like we'll even present like here's the recommendation we made. Here's what you declined. Here's what we did do. You know that's why I feel like we're worth where we are. And I mean we have very very few billing issues at all. But I think I kind of for myself I just eliminated that that value question. So I mean, here it is, like it's visible. It's literally on your phone. Like you can download the app and, and you know, they're all it. They're, they're yeah, because your value is not your hours, right? Like, and, and the funny thing is like, I will, we'll do a file and there'll probably be 10 to 15 hours in a file. And I'll spend typically one, maybe two hours with each client. That's the typical file for us. 80% of the value that the client perceives is in that one hour. Oh yeah, for sure. If not, if not more, right? I'd say like ninety percent. 
yeah, probably 90%. But I don't make, I make the mistake of not then turning around and like documenting that and saying, hey, these are the things we discussed. These are the things I recommended. These are the things you accepted. These are the things you declined. And I think that that's, I think what you're doing is absolutely brilliant. I mean, you're obviously a very, very modest person. Uh, I think it's obvious to me. It's obvious to Brad. It's obvious to probably everyone who's listening to the show. You are doing some really, really impressive things. And I think, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, I think that what we talked about earlier about investing in, in, in founders, you are the type of founder that people need to be investing in. And this is, I, I think what people, if the, for the, you know, 300 people that may listen to this show, you need to check out what Obed is doing because he's yes. doing some really creative things. And if you are an app developer out there, a partner, you need to be talking and connecting with him because I think that that synergy, you know, is, is absolutely um, critical to the success of everybody. And And we see it in our accounting community, right? Like, how much value I get by sitting around and hanging out with you guys and having a drink or two on Friday night. Like we, we, we need a Friday night live for app partners. Like maybe, maybe I'll be able to launch that. No. Yeah. Like it, you're right, man. No, like community is huge. Right. Like, I mean, frick 98% of what I've learned is just like hanging around with you guys and in the communities, hearing different points of view our community is awesome it because really is you can't study everything you can't look at every single app but having a community empowers you to learn from what your community has learned so you'll tell me you'll have done you'll have researched five apps and tell me your favorite one of the five i'll have researched five apps and tell you my favorite one of the five that'll research five apps and tell you and now we've yeah. we've, we've gone through 15 apps between the three of us which we wouldn't would take us three times as long exactly. to do it. That's just three people. You multiply that out by five or 10 or 15 or 20 or a hundred people. That value just is, it's an exponential curve well, Andrew, from a linear model to an exponential model, that hockey stick curve. Growth. Think, think of yeah. even just tonight, we, we, we talked about Lysio and we have some Lysio, uh, very passionate Lysio users in the crowd tonight. And they were just going on about, how awesome it is and had a great little side conversation there. It's those sorts of things when you see your friends and the people you look up to talking about something with such passion that you're like, I need to check this out because I respect that person. And if they like it, it's gotta be good. I see that all the time, you know, uh, what we say and the way we convey certain feelings about these tools goes a long way to helping others. It also helps the app partners, right? To have those, those, uh, you know, let's, let's go beyond influencer and all that stuff. Those terms are getting a bit old because I'm influenced by so many people in the community that might not have that label attached to them, but they just know how to use a tool and they use it effectively. And they're able to convey that. I'm I'm moving away from the influencer title to the, creator title. I like the creator title because I think that what you're doing a bit is you're, you're a creator, Brad, you are a creator. Uh, I'd like to hope that I'm a creator. Yeah. Um, and I think that that, that creator title is, is I think a hell of a lot more appealing to me than the influencer title. I, I, yeah. I, I don't think I'm like a class thing. Like, Oh, you're an influencer. No, I'm, I'm a creator. I create content, I, like and I, I create value, and I share that value with other people. And and if you learn from that, great. If you don't, I'm sorry. Um, but I love connecting with other creators and learning from them. And, and, totally. and this is, we are very lucky that we have a, a very amazing community of creators who, who share that value um, and share those insights and give us the opportunity to learn from all this, because as a creator, you go through a lot of struggles to create whatever it is you're creating, right? We we have we all have our struggles, and I don't care what piece of technology that you are building or you are implementing or you are using, you have had pain along the way in some way, shape, or form, um, you know. And and I think that to the extent that we share those pains, um, and we help each other to avoid going butting our head against the wall and avoid 
going through the pain and that's the value of the community is right is learning what not to do yeah. right uh, you know learning what to do is amazing but learning what not to do is 10 times more powerful for me than learning what to do in, in many many scenarios um but with that we are like holy crap uh, how did that happen it's, it, we, it's it, top of the hour already it flies by do you have any last uh last minute messages you'd like to send out there to uh to our little community no, you know what? It's been awesome, man. We got to leverage the community. Thanks for joining us. Fantastic experience. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, well, uh, stick around. We've already, got, we've already got some people who are joining us. Um, you know, if you guys are in the room and you want to come hang out with us, uh, please do. Hopefully, we can keep yeah. open hanging out with us for a little bit and okay. talking more about technology. And who's who do we have next week, Brad? <laughs> you put me on the spot. <laughs> Right. I've, I've, I've actually we're in talks we're, we're in talks, talks. okay yeah, I, I tend to i tend to book like the whole month at once andrew you don't andrew always finds out through the meeting requests i can say in two weeks we have misty mejia Ooh, that'll be fun yeah. um so we're in talks for who's coming next week um yes. if you'd love to be on the show talk to brad he's your guy uh, but we'll see you all next week and hopefully we'll see a few of you in just a minute Bye for now, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs> okay. Oh, my nose. Hold on. That was, that? That was fun, man. It's always.